You know, before I start, I just, I just want to share a testimony. Um, God put it on my heart. You know, he reminded me, he reminded me this week, um, I've, some of those, some of you already know that, you know, for the last couple years, I've been really, really suffering from, from headaches. And it's been two or three years now. My wife, she knows it's day, day after day after day, sometimes seven days a week, most of the time, seven days a week. Um, and I've just been getting these headaches and they're not the type of headaches where they're just a slight discomfort. They're the type of headaches are like splitting headaches, like tormenting me all day long. Um, the kind that from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I just can't seem to shake them. And, uh, it's been awful. You know, it's been awful taking all kinds of aspirin and all these different things. And, uh, some of you already know a couple months ago when we were at youth camp, I fell off the top of my truck when I was tying down the kids, um, bags and things. And uh, I basically did a front flip off the top of my truck, and I landed on my neck and my back. And uh, I had pulled on one of the tie-down straps, and it wasn't hooked to anything, and I flew headfirst, and I, I wasn't able to catch myself or anything. I just landed on my neck and my back. And as I landed on the ground, I heard the loudest crack that I've ever heard come out of, a, like, a bone in my body. And uh, it knocked the wind out of me. It knocked the wind out of me, and I just began to just gasp for air. And as soon as I got air and breath in my lungs, the first thing I did was I began to pray because I knew, I knew it was not good. And as I was praying, I remember laying on the ground and my eyes were closed and I was pleading the blood of Jesus and I was praying to God for healing. I felt Brother, Brother Cameron come up and he began to lay hands on me. He put his hands on me and he began to pray. And not long after that, I felt other brothers. As my eyes were closed, I don't know who the, everyone was, but they all began to pray. And as I lay there on that ground, and let me tell you something, my body felt broken. And they were praying and we were praying and we were believing God. And let me tell you something, I believe in that moment that God mended that bone or whatever that that was that huge loud crack that I heard that came from my vertebrae. I believe God at that moment healed my body. Amen. Amen. God is good. And I, I remember thinking to myself, Lord, I'm up here and I'm serving you. I came up here to serve you, Lord. I came up to serve you, Lord Father God. And it's just like the devil that tried to throw me off the top of the truck and hurt me. Amen. That was a lot of attacks on the body for not just me but other people as we were up there at youth camp this year. But God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. Went to the hospital. They checked everything out. There wasn't anything broken, they said. Even though when I was in there, I was like, for sure, because of the sound that I heard, I knew they were going to find something broken. But they did the CT scans on my spine and my neck, and everything came back negative for, for breaks or anything like that. And I know it was God. Amen? But from then, moving forward from there, those headaches that I had for the past couple years, they kind of went from bad to worse. Right? They went to, from bad to worse, and, and I'm talking, these headaches, they got extreme. From the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, there was times where I just, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I was taking so much aspirin. I said, man, I'm not going to live very long if I keep doing stuff like this. And I just couldn't get any relief. And it was two Sundays ago that we were at the house getting ready for church. And we love to worship in the morning on Sundays before we come to the house of God. We always have the worship music playing. We like to be in the attitude, and we like to have that atmosphere of worship in the home before we come, so we're ready. We're ready to enter in. And I remember I told my wife, I said, I'm going to pray in the bedroom. And I went in the room, and I closed the door, and I remember I got on my knees, and I just broke. 
I broke. I said, Lord, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. My head hurts so bad. I can't even come to the house of God and focus and enter in because these headaches are so severe. And I was on my knees and I was crying out to God and I was asking him for a healing. It was a cry of desperation. It was a cry of absolute desperation. I've been going to the chiropractor. I've had the deep tissue. I've been taking all these pills. I've been doing everything that I know that I could think about doing, and it wasn't working. My last, I mean, and I've prayed this whole time too. Don't get me wrong. I've been praying for the last couple of years. My wife's been praying. Some of you have been praying. Some of you that know about these headaches that I suffer from. And let me tell you something, I was there and I was on my knees and I was crying and I was broken before the Lord and it was an absolute cry of desperation. It was a cry of desperation. It's like I couldn't go on anymore, anymore. And I got up and I still had a headache and I, came, and I, and I went out into the front room and I said, you know what, I'm giving this to God once and for all and I'm leaving it there. I ain't picking it up. And I put on that song, We Believe For It, or Believe For It, whatever it's called. And I began to play that, and I began to listen to that, and I began to respond to that and believe it. I began to believe that for my life. It's like we sing this song that I believe, I stand upon the Word of God. I stand on His promises. His promises are yes and amen. And I just stood there, and I worshiped and worshiped, and the headache was there. I came to the house of God, and the headache was there. Believe me. And I was out here, and I was back in the fourth, fifth row here, and I was weeping because my head was hurting, but I'm still trusting God, still trusting God for a miracle, and I began to sit there, and I just began to, just to worship him, and the headache was still there, and I began, and then the worship, you guys begin to sing that song, believe for it, amen, and I know, because it wasn't right after me, it was kind of further in, and I know that God did that, God gave me that confirmation that he's going to perform his word, this worship up here, these songs that they sing, it's not a coincidence, okay, when they come, and, and the, the spirit of God is moving, but I remember sitting there, and I heard that song, and I knew, I knew that was for me that morning. I knew that God was going to do something, amen. And after service, uh, after, during the altar call, I got on my knees over there and I began to pray. And I still had a headache, but I was touched in my spirit by God, amen, because of what he's been doing all morning. And I remember my wife came over and she threw her arm around me and she began to plead the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my head, over those headaches. And she began to cry out to God for me. And we, sit there, we, we stood there together on our knees weeping and crying and we were in that place that time of prayer of desperation and let me tell you something I left here and I had a headache I left here with a headache I left here with a headache my head hurt all day all day but Monday morning I woke up I woke up and there was no headache there was no headache there was I give God all of the glory all of the glory all of the glory and it wasn't just Monday. It was Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. It's been almost two weeks now. I haven't taken an aspirin in over a week. Amen? Amen. God did that. God healed my body. God healed my body. And this is for someone because in those two, three years, when I was suffering from those headaches, there was a lot of healing that took place. There was a lot of people who got that breakthrough, who got that healing. And I always, and we all do this. We always say, what about me, Lord? What about me? And I sat there and I watched. I rejoiced with them. I was never jealous. But I always wondered, when's it going to be my turn, Lord? But let me tell you something. A couple weeks ago, my turn came up. Amen? God healed my mind. God healed my head. Oh, he's faithful. He's faithful. And I give him all the glory. 
because there was nothing a doctor could do. I went to the chiropractor, and she couldn't figure it out. She's like, I feel so helpless. I don't know how to help you. She said, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it doesn't make sense. She's all, you have full range of your neck and all these different things, yet you suffer these horrible headaches. But let me tell you something. God healed me. God healed me. And if you have headaches, I'm trusting God with you, amen, because there's nothing worse than a bad headache. But God, he has set me free from those headaches. There's relief, amen, and I give him the glory. He's a healer. He's a healer. I stood on his promises. I remember when I was in the room, my prayer, as I was crying in desperation, I remember, Lord, I stand upon your promises. I stand upon your word. And I begin to claim and preach and, and, and pray his word. Amen. I begin to quote his word. I begin to say that healing is the children's bread. Amen. Amen. He, I'm telling you, I begin to t- quote the scripture that by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. And I begin to think and I begin to to imagine I begin to think about on that day when they had Jesus Christ and they had his arms stretched open and they were whipping him and by his stripes and the devil thought he was doing some hurt the devil thought he was doing some damage but every time he took a stripe it was for our healing amen amen and that's what God gave me he gave me a healing I stood on his promises I quoted his word I said healing is the children's bread I believe it's Matthew 26 and then I said Lord by your stripes I'm healed but I'm healed and it's not always instantaneous but let me tell you something a couple days later the healing came amen the healing came and he's a faithful God he's so faithful be encouraged if you're going through something If you're going through struggles or trials, just hold on to the word of God. Hold on. Pray in desperation and quote the word of God. I'm telling you, I've heard it for so long, but it's become so real because he healed me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is so faithful. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I'm able to come up here and share. We were were here in prayer on Tuesday, and I was sitting back there, and I was just looking at the prayer requests, and I was just thinking, and I was just thinking how, how amazing it is to be part of this family, part of this body, amen, and what a privilege it is to have God minister to me, and then be able to come up here and share what God is doing, you know, and show what God is, is, is showing me, amen, and, 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 and I just love God, but you know what, I love the body of Christ, and it's, it, for me, it's, it's just an encouragement, and typically, I would be scared to death, like all week, I would be. I always have this joke with my wife. I always tell her, "Pack the bags. We're out of here. We're running. We're running like crazy." But not this time. This time, I look forward to it. Amen. It wasn't until this morning I started saying, "Pack the bags." But I've been looking forward to coming up and sharing what God has showed me in His Word, because God is so faithful. God is so faithful. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Stand upon the word of God. Stand upon his promises. You can't go wrong, church, just trusting God. You can't go wrong if you're trusting God today. Amen. Your turn will come. Your healing will come. Your trial will come to an end. You might be in that valley, but that mountaintop is right around the corner. Amen. Don't give in to the lies of the enemy. Don't fall for the temptations. Don't believe the lies. Amen. Trust in God, and you can't go wrong because God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. 
I want to I wanna pray real quick before we start, before we start reading Scripture. I, I want to pray and ask God just to anoint this time in, uh, in, in service tonight and to anoint His Word. Before I was getting ready, I was just thinking, Lord, it's Your Word. It's Your Word that changes lives. Amen? It's You. It's not, it's not me. It's the power of God and through His Word that will transform a life. And so this, tonight, if you'll bow your heads with me, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight, Lord Father God. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we're able to open up your word. Lord, that you didn't leave us empty-handed, Lord, but you gave us everything we needed, Lord Father God. You gave us everything we needed when you left us your precious word. I pray tonight, Lord Father God, as we begin to read your holy scriptures, that you would just begin to minister to us, your church, Lord. I pray that you would pierce the hearts of the hearers, Lord Father God, and that your word, Lord Father God, would go deep into their hearts, Lord. Oh, that it would take up root, Lord Father God, and it would bring forth fruit in Jesus' name, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone in here, Lord Father God. I pray that you would anoint their ears to hear, Lord Father God, and I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to speak on your behalf, Lord Father God. Let nothing be said in myself, Lord, but everything in the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We worship you. We thank you. We love you so very much tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God is faithful. Well, I'm going to be reading out of out of Philippians chapter 2. If you guys want to turn here tonight, I have a decent amount of scripture and you don't have to turn there every time because I have a lot of it written. You could just write down the scripture if you want, but I'll just read it cuz I have some of it printed out. But Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to start. Say amen when you're there. Philippians chapter, I'm not even there. Philippians chapter 2. Church, I want to encourage you as we read the word of God. As we read the word of God, I want you to really grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. The Bible says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll pierce through that hardened heart of ours, amen. It'll minister to us. It'll speak to us if we'll listen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to be, I'm going to read verses 1 through 15, and then we're going to come back. And it's I kind of want to go through these different scriptures and break it down and, and share with you with you what God has showed me and, and shared with me. Amen. Verse 1 says this in chapter 2. If there be if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, other better than him themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow 
of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, verse 13 says this, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And I just threw 14 and 15 in here because we can't let this go. It says, Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that, we, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen. God is so good. I was reading through this. I was reading through the scriptures, and, and, and I just knew this is what God wanted me to share. I knew that this is what God wanted me to share, and I kind of want to go through, and I want to break it down. I'm going to start from the beginning, and we'll kind of go through it, because I want to really take it down slow, and, and, and so we understand exactly what Paul was saying here, because it, it speaks to the church. Amen. As he wrote this, he's speaking to the church in Philippi. There's, there's things that were taking, that taking place that led for him to say these things. And these are not things that, are, that just happened here, but in, in most churches. Amen. Uh, not that there's uh, something terribly going on or anything like that, but sometimes as we read God's scriptures, he begins to minister to us and he begins to speak to us and he begins to convict us. And it's, it's basically a roadmap of how we're to live. Amen. But in verse 1 and 2, Verse 1 and 2, Paul says, if, therefore, if, there be therefore, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship in the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord. And I just begin to sit here and I begin to break it down because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. When I begin to read this, if, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ. And as I begin to study it out, I begin to see this, basically what Paul is saying. He's saying, since you've been comforted and encouraged by Christ. Since you have experienced the love of Christ, since the Spirit of God now dwells within you, since you've experienced the inward compassion, the tenderness, and the mercy of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, since you've experienced all these things, since all these things you have in common, amen, Paul says, fulfill ye my joy or make me happy that you be like-minded, having the same love, the love of Christ, being of one accord and of one mind. What's Paul saying? What's Paul saying? We've all enjoyed the goodness of God. Amen. I think every person in here could raise their hand to that. Amen. We've all experienced the goodness of God. We've all experienced his grace. We've all experienced his love. His everlasting love. Amen. So what is Paul saying? Paul's saying if we have all experienced this, then this is something we have in common. Then this is how we are to live. Amen. We're to live in these things. We're to live in, in the atmosphere of Christ. Amen. What is he saying? He said there could be no division in the church. If we have all this in common, if we have all these things in common, if we've experienced all this in our time of serving God, we have so much in common, then there could be no division. Amen? There could be no division in the body of Christ or in the church. The devil would have no better day than if he could take this church down the middle and split it and have some over here, some over there, some groups over here, some groups over there. But that's not the way that God has designed the body of Christ to be. Amen? We're all part of this body. We're all important. We're all very vital to the body of Christ. We all have our own parts in this, in this body. Amen? 
But I thank God as I begin to study and I begin to read and I begin to learn of what he was saying. And, and we have a lot in common because a lot of us have gone through some things. And a lot of us has, have had Jesus intercede and minister to us in ways that we've never experienced. Amen. And because he's done so much, we have no excuse. We have no excuse not to live with him, live for him. And give our lives unto him and serve him and seek him and, and live to the word of God, amen, to the best of our abilities. The devil wants to divide the church. The devil wants to divide everything. He wants to separate us. But let me tell you something. Let's just serve God. Let's just give God everything we got. And the moment we begin to pick up a hint or any type of division in the body of Christ, let's stop it right there. Why? Because we've experienced all the goodness of God. Because we're full of his spirit. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says to be in one accord, in one mind. Amen. There could be no division in the body of Christ. Verses 3 and 4 says this. 3 says this. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Man, I begin to read this, and, and as much as we like to say that's what we do, I mean, is it really true? Is it, can we really say that's what we do? Amen? Paul's encouraging them. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than ourselves. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, I, I, I was thinking about it this morning. I took the day off, and I spent all day just in the Word and, 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 and just going over what I'm going to share and just praying and just being in the presence of God. I wanted, to, I wanted to be close to God. I didn't want to come from work and have to do all that stuff and then get ready and come out here. I wanted to spend time with God today. I wanted to spend time in the Word. I wanted to spend time with the Lord. And as I was studying this, I began to think, you know, for the, I've been serving God for 15 years now. And I believe probably for the first 10 years, all I worried about was myself. All I worried about was myself. And we all do it. And it's not something that's whatever. But what we do is we sit there. And we give our lives to Christ. And we just, we're so concerned. We're so consumed of making sure me, 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 me. I want to be blessed. I want to do what God wants me to do. This, this, for me, me, me. And we don't spend a whole lot of time worrying about others. We spend a lot of time worrying about ourselves. And let me tell you something. What I, what I begin to think is there's a lot of selfishness. There's a lot of pride, and there's a lot of division that goes in that scripture, amen? But if we will do what Paul is saying to do, it's real hard to be selfish if I'm putting you over myself, Brother Tom. It's, real, it's hard to be selfish if I'm putting Sister Teresa over, if I'm putting her needs over my needs, amen? It's hard to be selfish. It's hard to allow pride to rise up when you're preferring your brother or your sister in the Lord over yourself. And that's what Paul is saying to the body of Christ. And I begin to think, Within ourselves, we take our burdens, we take everything, and we give it to the Lord. And we hand it to the Lord. And if we're walking with God and we're trusting him for all those things in our life, then we shouldn't be so focused on ourselves. We should be focused on doing what Christ has called us to do in this life. Amen? We should be focused more on fulfilling the purpose that God has created us for. Amen? Instead of worrying about self all the time. We're living in a day and age where, where, where this whole me, 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 that's all we ever think about, amen? The songs that we sing, if it has to do about me, then it's awesome, amen? But it, let me tell you something, it's not about me, it's about him. 
Amen. Everything is about him. Amen. And we need to get to that place. And if we could start by getting rid of all the things that we need to aim at ourselves and begin to focus and turn them towards the things of God, God wants to use us. How is God going to, we're God's hand extended. If there's a need in the body, then we're the ones who should meet that need. Amen. God will put it on someone's heart. God will know there's nothing hidden from God. Amen. If there's a need, he's going to meet that need. And he'll use someone from the body of Christ. He'll use someone from the world. God can use anyone he wants. Amen. But we need to be willing. We sing that song. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes to your will, Lord. I'll say yes. That's what we need to do. And that's what we need to be like. Amen. If we're putting everyone before ourselves, you're not going to get too much selfishness. You're not going to get too much pride. When it comes to looking out for others, there is no greater example that we should follow than that of Jesus. Than that of Jesus, amen. There's no greater example. Jesus, you look at the life of Jesus from the moment, from the moment he was born. He was, he was put here on this earth as a, to serve. Amen. When he grew up, when he went and he got baptized and the spirit of God came and landed on him like a dove and he began to do the work that God had called him to do. He began to travel, began to go here, began to go there. Let me tell you, Jesus began to serve the people. Amen. He was a humble servant. He was humble. And I begin to think about Jesus and how we call ourselves Christians. Then we need to be Christ-like. We need to be doing the same thing, working and doing the things that God has called us to do. I was thinking about all the different times, all the different times that Jesus was going places in the Bible that we read. And it was always when he was on his way somewhere that something came up out of nowhere. Amen. Someone came out of nowhere and they needed a healing. Someone came in a moment of desperation as he was passing by. Maybe he was going into a village or he was going into a town or he was going into a city or he's coming down off a mountain or he was traveling from here or he was traveling for there but if there was a need Jesus stopped what he was doing and he attended to that need amen that's what we need to be like amen we need to be like Christ sometimes we get so busy so consumed with our own lives and everything that's going on we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about anyone else but ourselves but we look at Christ the great example oh what an example he is what an example he is. I was thinking and praying of what I should share. And, and I began to think about Jesus, of the true example, and how we are to live as Christians upon this earth. We're supposed to use him as the example. You know, sometimes we look around and we'll, we'll, we'll latch on to a man. You know, maybe we think he's a man of God, which maybe he is. But let me tell you something. You can't go wrong if you're always looking unto Christ, amen, as your example. You can't go wrong when you're just looking to Christ because man will let you down. There's times where I let people down, and I might not mean to do it, but I'm a man, okay? But he's Jesus. He's Jesus, and he ain't going to let you down. He's not going to let you down like I would, amen? God is faithful, and he sent his son. He sent his son, and he's a, he was a servant, and he came, and he served his people. I was reading. I, I began to put together some scriptures and I began to think, if Jesus wouldn't have stopped so many times to serve someone else in the middle of whatever it was that he was doing, wherever he was going, if he wouldn't have took the time to stop and minister to some, some people, there wouldn't a whole, be a whole lot to read in the Gospels, amen? There wouldn't be a lot to read. I, and I'm going to read some scriptures. And like I said, you don't have to turn there because I have it printed up, but you could write them down if you want. 
and read them on your own time, but Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, and they came to Jericho, it says, and they begin to speak of blind Bartimaeus. You see, Jesus, he didn't go there just to see blind Bartimaeus. It said they came to Jericho, and it says in the Bible, as we read the story of blind Bartimaeus, as we all know, he began to, he began to shout. He began to holler. He began to yell, Son of David, have mercy on me. Amen? And Jesus could have kept on walking, kind of like us, right, when we're driving down the street and we look over and we see someone in need, but we're a little too busy to pull over, or we think it's just not for us, or maybe someone else can help them, or maybe we think that they're just not that important to pull over, but Christ didn't have that attitude, amen? When blind Bartimaeus, he made that call, Christ stood still, amen? Jesus turned around and he called him. They were trying to silence him, and Jesus said, no, 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 send him here. Send him over here. And we know the story of blind Bartimaeus. He threw off that beggar's coat, and his life was changed forever. Amen? He threw off that coat, that coat that symbolized what he was. Like many of us, we all had coats before we came to Christ. Amen? And we've been able to throw off those coats just like Bartimaeus did. Amen? Thank God that Jesus took the time out of his busy day, out of the busy schedule that they must have had for him, going from city to city to city or village to village to preach the gospel but praise God that he stopped and he took time for blind Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 5, 25 through 34, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse when she heard of Jesus came in and pressed behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt, her, she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Amen. As Jesus was going through here, people surrounding him, people all over the place. It's very easy to see how Jesus, someone could have touched the hem of his garment and he could have went on his way. Amen. And she would have received that healing. The Bible says she got the healing, but that wasn't enough for Jesus. He had to address that. He had to give that woman the, 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 the time that she deserved. Amen. Something miraculous had taken place in her life. Jesus healed her body. Amen. As she touched the hem of the garment, he turned around and he stopped. Wherever it was that he was going, he stopped and he took the time. He wanted to know who touched me, he said. Who touched me? I felt the virtue, the healing power of Jesus Christ went out of him. And she was, we, we see here that she was miraculously healed. If he wouldn't have stopped and took the time to find out who touched the hem of his garment, we never would have heard of this miraculous healing. Amen. But Jesus took the time because he cares, amen? He's such a great example of how we're to live. He's such a great example of how we're to take time for others, amen? How we're to put others' needs before the needs of our own, amen? God is good. Let me get some water. Matthew 9, 27 through 31, it says this. And when Jesus departed thence... Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. 
have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and said, Jesus, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. Amen. He took the time. He took the time to minister to these two blind men. He took the time to give them their healing. Matthew 9, 32 and 34 says this, As they went out, as they were going out, as they were going somewhere, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Amen. Here he is leaving. He's got somewhere to go, like we all got places to go. Amen. But he stopped, and he took time, and he healed a man. He healed a man who probably couldn't, hadn't spoken in years. Amen. Matthew 8 and 1 through 4 says this. When he was come down from the mountain, here he is coming down from a mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, and saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Amen. Example after example after example. So many examples in the Bible of Jesus putting others' needs before and above his own. He's our example. That's how we're to live. We're to live like Christ. We're supposed to be like that, amen? We're supposed to be looking and seeking to fulfill a purpose, God's purpose for our life in this world. I have one more example. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 and 10, it says this. Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. It says right here in verse 6, then Jesus went, and he went with them. Amen. Jesus stopped whatever it was that he was doing. It says in verse 6 that Jesus, he went with them. And we all know the story of the centurion who when Jesus got there, the centurion didn't even want Jesus to go into his house because he, he knew just by speaking and just knowing that Jesus, because he was the Christ, that he could heal his servant just by speaking a word. Amen. He knew that Jesus didn't even have to enter into where the servant was at because his faith had made him heal. His, his faith in Christ is all it took. And Jesus said, because of your faith, he's been made whole. Amen. And at that very hour, it says that the servant was made whole. Jesus, even though he went with them to find out what was going on, let me tell you, this the story of the centurion and his servant, amen, Jesus, he went out of his way, out of his way, and he went with them. He went out of his way. My question to you is this. Will you go out of your way? Will you go out of your way to do something that God has put in your heart, that God has drawn and desired and led you to do by his spirit? Will you stop what you're doing, and will you go wherever God calls you to go? If you're driving down the road and you're going to do something, will you stop and go and witness and minister to someone if God asked you to do it? That's my question to you. Because Christ, our great example, that's what he did. 
Time and time again, he stopped whatever it was that he was doing at that very moment to go minister to the needs of the people. And as our great example, we must do the same. We must do the same because let me tell you something. God will perform his word, and he will use us to do that. God reminded me when I was writing this down, it was, it was probably about two months ago at least, I work a lot of Saturdays, but I had this Saturday off, and I, I told my wife, I'm going to go get us something to eat. And I was driving through Pomona, and I was on my way, and I'd never been to this place, and I was following the maps, and I'm like, why is it taking me this way? This is crazy. This is so much longer of a drive than it has to be. I could have just got on the freeway and drove over here, and I would have been there already. And I was just driving, and I was thinking about that, but I pulled up on the corner of Gary and Mission Boulevard, and... Those of you who know Pomona, it's, a, it's, it's not the nicest neighborhood. We'll just leave. We'll say that. But I was there, and I was at a red light, and I looked over to my right, and there was a gentleman. It was a man. He must have been probably 70, at least 70 years old, and he looked like a skeleton. His shirt was off, and he was on his hands and knees, and he was on the corner, and he was in the grass, and he began to scratch at his head uh, and just with his, real ferociously with his hands, and, and I began to pray. I saw him, and I began to pray, oh, Lord, Jesus, touch this man, Lord, Father God. If he's being tormented right now, deliver him in Jesus' name. Deliver him in Jesus' name. And I begin to think, hey, I'm on my way to get something to eat. I should bring that guy back something to eat, man. That guy is skinny. I was looking at him, and I was like, he, he, he was all skin and bones. This man looked like he had been starving to death. And so I said, you know, I should get him something to eat. I'm going to get some food right now. But then as soon as I said that, I began to think. I be, I, the light turned green. I began to drive. And I did what a lot of us have done, if we're going to be honest. We begin to convince ourselves, eh, he probably won't be there in 20, 20 minutes when I get back. Right? He'll probably be gone. Eh, he's not going to be there. No, he doesn't need it. You know what? I want to take the faster route back. Right? And, and I'm just being honest. I'm being transparent. That's how I was thinking. I'm like, I don't even want to come back this way. This is crazy. I'm going through 100 different stoplights to go get something to eat when I could just be on the freeway and all these things are going through my mind and the spirit of God hit me like a truck he hit me like a truck and he began to he began to convict me and say is this man's life is this man not worth an extra five minutes out of your way to come back and take a chance that he might be here that you might feed this man that the rest of the world might look at him like he's a piece of trash or whatever it might be. But he's my child. He was created in my image. And the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, if there was ever a conviction, I begin to weep and cry because of how selfish, how selfish I was. Amen. To even think like that. To even think like that. And I said, okay, for sure I'm going to get him something to eat. For sure I'm going to come back this way. Amen. But it's sad, but that's what it takes sometimes. God has to really twist it in there, amen, for us to get it through our head. Because it's real easy for us to throw that conviction aside. It's real easy for us to convince ourselves, no, we don't need to come back this way. Just go get your food and go home. But I'm telling you, I went to that place. <clears throat> in this place, they, they also sold, like, it was a bakery and they sold this stuff. Anyways, they so I, I got him a bag of, his, of stuff just for him. And I put it together and, you know. You know how we do it. We, we think we know what he might like somehow. Just, you know, miraculously, we think we know what he would order if he was there. And so I'm just picking things, and the lady's getting sick of me because I don't know what's what. You know, I don't know what anything's called. It's, it's all the, the Mexican breads or whatever, and I'm just like, dude, give me one of these. 
Give me like a couple of these pink ones, the brown one, whatever, dude. Just give me some stuff. And I got a bag, and I was driving back, and I was praying. I was driving back, and I was praying, and I was, I was telling God, I was, I was still asking him to forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for, for how ridiculous I was to, just because I wanted to take the freeway home, that I would let this man go hungry. And I was driving, and I was coming down, Gary, and I was looking, and I was like, oh, man, he's not here. And, but knowing that I could just give the food to someone else if he's not there, right? But I'm driving, I'm like, oh, man, I don't see him. And then all of a sudden, I got to the corner, and there he was. He had put a jacket on. He's still sitting there. Because, you know, let me tell you something. The Spirit of God doesn't miss it. We might, but the Spirit of God doesn't miss it. He ain't going to send you on a wild goose chase. So he was sitting there, so I pulled into this bank on the corner. I put it in park. And I got out, and I walked up with this bag of food, and I come up behind him, and I said, and I told him, good morning. How's it going, sir? And he said, good morning. And I said, hey, man, I, I want to I I talk to you. All, at first I started, I said, hey, man, I got you something to eat. God wanted me to get you to something to eat. I pray that you'll enjoy it, and I pray that, you know, it'll fill your stomach, at least for today. And I said, can I talk to you for a couple minutes? He says, sure. And I knelt down right there on the corner of Gary and Mission, and I just begin to ask him, has anyone ever told you about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? And he told me, he said, you know, I used, to, I used to know the Lord. He told me he came from down by like Oceanside or Carlsbad or something like that. He said a lot, a lot of years ago, he used to walk with the Lord. And I said, let me tell you something. God hasn't forgotten about you. God wanted to make sure that you had something to eat today. God put it on my heart to bring you this. And I told him, I said, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I put my hands on his back, and I began to pray. And we began to pray, and he was beginning to break. And he, was, he, he knew, he knew that God was doing something at that moment. And I was praying, and I was praying. And you know what? As soon as I got done praying, it's just like the devil. The moment I finished, we opened our eyes, and here comes some guy. He's like, hey, man, you guys want to buy some weed? And this, this guy let him have it. He's like, hey, man, get out of here with that stuff. We don't want your weed. We got Jesus over here. Amen. We got Jesus. And I, and I was sitting there. I said, yeah, right on, man. And I looked at this guy. I'm like, where did that guy even come from? He was like an old, innocent-looking man walking some dumb little dog. And I was like, and he's over here trying to sell weed. And I'm like, this is crazy. You know, and he's trying to sell it to a homeless man who clearly has nothing. Right? I mean, there's something wrong with this world. But that's the devil. The devil will always come. When you're trying to do something for the kingdom of God, the devil will always come and try to stick his nose in the business. Amen? He'll try to make light of things. He'll try to destroy whatever it is that you're doing. But God had his plan that day. And God ministered to that man that day. Amen? But God showed me. God showed me a little bit of something about myself. And it's not just me. I know we all do this, church. And I'm not getting on you guys because I just told you about me. But this is something that takes place all the time. We drive around all the time. We're always going places. And because of what's going on in today's day and age, you and I both know there is people everywhere. There are people on every corner. They're in every nook and cranny of the street. There are needs like you would not believe. There are needs like no other time in, in the history of the United States. This is crazy. You just look at the homelessness and the things that are going on. And us, the body of Christ, we are to be God's hand extended. If the Spirit of God begins to move and draw and push and, and put you in a place that you need to do something for the kingdom of God, let's respond to that. Amen? Like the song, I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. 
I'll say yes, Lord. Verse, oh, verse five, verses 5 through 7. Let's go back to Philippians 5 and 7. It says this. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Christ, our great example, took on the form of a servant. In the Bible, a servant was a bond servant. He was a slave. That's what a servant was. He was a slave. He was a slave. And if Jesus Christ, our great example, if he was a servant, then we need to have that same attitude and that same ability that he had. We need to begin to be a servant. Amen. We need to be servants in today's day and age in the body of Christ. We need to be a servant reaching out for the needs out there. Amen. In, uh, I believe it's Galatians, Paul, he, he, he uh, encourages and says, remember the poor. Remember the poor. And as I was thinking about this, you know, there's a lot of churches nowadays that they don't, they don't have any time for the poor. They don't have any time for the poor, which I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, if, it, if they live in another country, then yeah, there's time for them. Amen. But in our own country right here, we think there's something that we can't minister to those people. We think that they're, they're not worth ministering to. Amen. But let me tell you something. I used to be one of those people. Amen. I used to be one of those people out there that most people would have said was a piece of trash. Amen. And I say it myself because I was bad. I was bad. Amen. But somebody, somebody witnessed to me. Amen. Somebody ministered to me. And Christ, our great example, he was that servant. He was that servant. I was studying this in the, in the John Corson commentary. There was, a, there was a comment. And I wrote this down because it was really good. It was really good. It says this. Slaves are not noticed. Slaves are not thanked. Slaves are not invited to dinner. No one compliments them. No one applauds them. They're expected to do their work and not be seen. And that is the mind that is to be in me. Amen? That's the mind of Christ. He was a servant. He was a servant. He came into this world. He came into this world, and there was needs all over the place. And like a servant, he, he, he tended to those needs. Amen? Was it thankless? You betcha. Was, there was times where he did things, and what did they do? They went right back to wherever it was that they came from. Not only that, but they crucified him. Amen? He's a, the sinless. He was sinless, and they hung him from a cross. Amen? God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he was our true example. He says here that he took on the form of a servant. That's what we need to do. You know, I think a lot of time in ministry, uh, you think about different aspects of the ministry, whether it's ushers or teachers. And I want to encourage the teachers and the ushers and anyone who serves in any type of ministry. The devil will try to tell you you're missing out. The devil will try to make you believe, but you're missing out. But you know what? You're, you're doing God's work. You are doing what God has called you to do. You are sacrificing your own desires for God's, amen? You're serving in a ministry, amen? And I want to encourage you to not grow weak or not grow weary, but just to continue to do what God has called you to do, amen? Just know that what you're doing is so powerful. You are making a, a way when those kids go into that class for those parents to come into the, into the sanctuary, 
Maybe they're struggling in their marriage and they need every word that they can grab onto. Amen. And because you're serving in that ministry and they can drop the kids off, they could be in the house of God together. Amen. We never know what people are going through, but God does. Amen. And I just want to thank everybody who works in the church in, in, in all the different ministries, whether it be ushering or teaching or anything else that they do or cleaning, these are all things that you do unto the Lord. Amen. And that's an act uh, uh, of discipleship, of, of being a servant like Christ was. Verse 8 and 11, it says this. It says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I was sitting here all day, like I said. I was going through these scriptures, and I was asking God just to speak to my heart, Lord. And when I came to this part, there's so much, there's so much. Let me tell you something. This cross, this is what it's all about. What Jesus Christ did on this cross is the most important thing that you'll ever hear or see because it gave us the opportunity to be forgiven. Forgiven, amen. It gave us the opportunity for eternal life, amen. For those who would believe, for those who would believe, it gave us that opportunity for forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Amen. I thank God for that. The cross was a punishment set aside for the worst types of criminals of that time. That's how they treated the sinless Savior of the world. The death on the cross was not something for just anybody. The death on the cross was for the most heinous criminals, for the worst of their kind. And that's what they did with our Lord and Savior. That's what Christ did on that cross, on that cross for you and for me. Amen. He hung on that cross. Many things happened before he even got to that cross. But he did that for us. And I began to think. I began to think as I was preparing for this. I began to think of what he went through. I began to think about how they beat him. Amen. I began to think about how they pulled out the hairs of his beard. How they slapped him. How they punched him. How they hit him. How they put a, thorn, a, a crown of thorns upon his head, puncturing his skin. Amen. How they did all these things. How they whipped him. How we talked about that those stripes that went across his back. How they opened up his back and there was blood. And it, I couldn't even imagine the pain, the torment that he went through. And he did all that for me. 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 And you. We didn't deserve it. He died so we didn't have to. Amen? Christ is everything. He's everything. As we read his scriptures, as we see that great example, he gave everything. He gave everything he had. Will we? Will we give everything? Amen? He's not asking us to hang on a cross. What he's asking us is to serve him. What he's asking us is to say, yes, Lord. I say, yes, Lord. When he puts it on his heart, on our heart to go and witness and to minister so we can fulfill the great commission and, and, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? That that's what we need to do. He took all that for us, church. He took all that for us. And I was thinking, I begin to think how we make so light of it. How could we? Not just, I'm saying for me, there's times where I say Jesus died on the cross for me. But when you really think, when you really begin to think of what they did to him, what they did to him 
So that kind of thing didn't have to happen to me. When you think about what he did for us and the love, the love that he had for us, amen, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We need to make sure that we do it on this side of eternity, amen. We need to make sure the time is short, church. The time is short. If you're in here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, tonight is the night. Don't leave this sanctuary. I don't got good eyes, so I can't see who's back there. But if you don't know Christ, if he's not your Lord and Savior, tonight you come up here, you can give your life to Christ, amen. We'll pray you through, amen, into the kingdom, and you could begin to walk with God. You could leave here changed, transformed, and watch what a miracle-working power can take place when Jesus Christ begins to live in your heart, amen. I thank God for what he did on that cross. I thank God for what he did. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12 says this. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, and listen, church, listen to this. Verse 13 says this, for it is God. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God. It's God. It's God who draws us and leads us and guides us and puts that desire in our heart to go and do things for the kingdom of God. When you see that man on the side of the road, it's God. Amen. It's God that wants to lead you and guide you and direct you and, 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 and put you into those different places where he can use you to witness and minister to others. Amen. Every time we decide not to stop and minister or witness to someone when the Spirit of God is calling and leading for you to do so, we're missing opportunities for the works of God to be made manifest in our lives. You see, those manifestations of God, that in, those things increase our faith. Amen. It says in John 9, 1 through 12, let me just read a small part of it. It says, and Jesus passed by and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Amen. And that's what God does. That's what God does. He will use these different things for if we will answer the call, if we'll show up, if we'll go where he calls, the, the works of God will be made manifest, amen, and powerful, powerful things begin to p take place. Power things, powerful things begin to happen. You know as well as I do, any of you who have ever gone out and begin to witness or minister to someone, when God moved in that situation, you know that God manifested his power in that experience, it could have been the simplest conversation, but let me tell you something. You left changed. Amen? There's been times where I've ministered to people, and it was just out of nowhere, and I was changed. I was changed. I wasn't the same as when before I started talking to him. And I was re reading this, and it says that God should be made manifest, that the power of God, the works of God should be made manifest. And it reminded me of a time, and my wife didn't know I was going to share this, but it reminded me of a time that shortly after God had refilled my wife, 
filled her with the Holy Ghost. Filled her with the Holy Ghost, and she took it home. And let me tell you something, she kept, she stayed in it. Amen. She went with it. She began to work, and she began to do the things that the Spirit of God led and draw, was drawing her to do. And it was, it, was this, it was during the winter time this past year, and it rained like crazy this past year. It was raining. You remember those times where it was just dumping. It was like torrential rainfall every day, every day. And so she goes through these different neighborhoods when she takes the kids to school, and she tell me, she said, Danny, there's this woman out there, and I think God put it on my heart to go take her an umbrella. And I said, wow. I said, just be careful. You know? And let me tell you something. Another thing. Guys, if your wives want to do something for the kingdom of God, let's not get in their way. Because in my mind, I'm like, hey, it would be better if you just kind of threw it out the window as you're driving by or something, right? You want to make sure your wife's safe. But no, God put it in her heart. She's full of the Holy Ghost. She's going to go and she's going to do what God told her to do because you're not just given an umbrella. Amen? We're not, just, we're not just there to give out free umbrellas like you're at Dodger Stadium or something. No, we're there to witness. We're there to minister to people. Amen? But I remember she said, and I remember telling her, I told her, I said, listen, if the Spirit of God is telling you to do it, you better do it. You better do it. And so the next day, I was waiting. I was waiting because she had an umbrella for this. She was going to take the kids to school, and she was going to go and do it after she dropped the girls off. And she called me, and I'm like, what happened? What happened? Did you do it? She's like, I did it. I did it. I dropped off the umbrella, and I dropped a blanket off, too. I'm like, which blanket? You know, I'm in my mind. That's how I'm thinking. Better not have been my blanket. You know, I have my favorite blanket. It's okay if she did because I should be okay with that, right? We should be able to sacrifice different things. But it wasn't my blanket, so it's good. But she said, I did it, Danny. I wa-. She said, I walked up. It's pouring rain, and this lady, she's sitting on the ground by a bus stop or a, by a bench or by something, and she had been sitting there day after day after day in the pouring, pouring rain, and as my wife come walking up, she took one look at my wife, and here come the devil. She said, nope, we ain't doing this today. Nope, I don't want it. I don't want that umbrella. I don't want that blanket, and here she is sitting in the rain, and it's pouring, and she's soaking wet, and she don't want what my wife has given her, amen, and my wife says, you know what? I'm just going to put it right here, and I'm just going to leave it for you. And she walked away. She told her that, I believe she said that Jesus loves you. And she walked away. She got in her car and she drove away. And I remember she shared that with me and I was thinking, oh man, I hope she's not discouraged because she did what God told her to do. She did what God told her to do. And you can't go wrong if you're doing what God told you to do. I'm just looking at my things. I don't want to go too long. <laughs> it's not like I have somewhere to go. I promise you. And so she, the next day, She's going the same route. She goes the same route every day. So the next day, I'm waiting. I know what time she takes the girls. And so I call her. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm like, did she have it? Was she using it? And she's like, no. She's like, Danny, Danny, it's pouring rain out here. It's in the exact same spot that it was yesterday. And I said, what about the blanket? She said, no, no, no. The blanket is still folded up. She hadn't touched it. And the umbrella is still folded up, and it's right next to it. She never touched it. And I remember... I got off the phone with her, and I began praying. I began to say, Lord, touch this lady, whoever she is, wherever she is. Lord, Father God, she obviously, she obviously has the attack of the enemy upon her mind to be sitting in that type of rain and not want an umbrella or a blanket. And not only that, but I said, Lord, that my wife wouldn't be discouraged. I pray that that lady would begin to use what my, what my wife dropped off. Amen. And I'll never forget it. Because that was what God does. That's what God does. When you do something for the Lord, those works of God will be made manifest. But it wasn't how we thought it would be made manifest. As I was thinking and praying about this lady, the Spirit of God came over me and, came over me and said, what are you talking about? 
you do the exact same thing. And I said, what? What? How, Lord? And he said, you will go days without opening my word. You will sit there. And the world and everything that this world has to offer, all the wickedness, all the fiery darts of the devil, as they come pouring down and raining down upon you, and you'll sit there just like that lady sat there. Because let me tell you something. My wife dropped off. God sent everything she needed that day, but she chose not to use it. Amen? And it's the same thing that goes with us. In this word, in this Bible, it's everything we need. Whatever you're going through, it's all you need. It's a shield. It's a covering. It's a blanket. It will cover you when the enemy comes against you, when you have no peace, when you're tormented in your mind. You open up that word of God and you are covered and you are shielded and the elements of this world cannot penetrate that. Amen? Because that's what God does. But he told me there are times and there are days when you are too busy. You're too busy working. You're too busy for the things of God. And you're just like that lady. And you're making a choice like she made a choice to sit there in the rain or to sit there. And when I say rain, I'm talking about things of the world raining down upon us as Christians. Amen. The anxiety begins to build. Where does that anxiety come from? It comes from time spent away from God. Because when I'm in the presence of God, nothing can touch me. Amen. Nothing can penetrate that heart, that mind. Amen. It's like a helmet. Nothing can come close to me when I'm praying and I'm reading the way I should be. But here's what happens. We get too busy in this life. We think that we need to help God and make all this money so we can do all these different things. But God will make your, he'll give you exactly what you need. He does not need your help. He does not need your help. But God spoke to my heart and he used that lady, not in the way that anyone would think, not even in the way that my wife would think. She had no idea about anything. I've never told her this. She'll probably talk about it later, but let me tell you something. I have never forgot what God pointed out in my life on that day. That wasn't for her. That was for me. That was for me. And not for me only, but now God is using that lady who sat at that bus stop for everybody in here to know. Just think. Every time that the things of this world or your mind is tormented and your Bible sits closed over on the nightstand, you're no different than that lady who made the choice to sit in the rain. Amen? You're no different. We're no different. We need to get, we need to get it right. God gave us this with a reason, with a purpose. This is our hedge of protection. This is our safety. Amen? It's in Him. It's in Christ Jesus. Amen? He's so faithful. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. I have this in the Amplified. I, <clears throat> I had my wife print this out, verse 12 and 13. I want to read it out of the Amplified because I really want us to understand. I really want to, I really want to hit home of how important it is that we understand, that we need, to be re we need to respond to that call of God on our lives. Philippians 2 and 12 and 13, it says this through the Amplified. Just listen. So then, my dear ones, just as you always obeyed my instruction with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your own salvation, that is to cultivate it, to bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Verse 13, 
For it is not your strength, but it is God's. It is God's who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Amen. That's out of the Amplified. Amen. And that's what we're to do. We're to be so ready to answer the call of God on our life because it's not us, church. Nothing I say is going to change anybody's life. It's the word of God. It's the power of God. It's the spirit of God moving and leading people to do what he's called us to do at the exact moment when he called us to do it. At that exact moment, amen. Ephesians 2 and 10 in the Amplified says this, For we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we could walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Amen. That's what God is doing if we'll let him work in us. I have one more scripture, then I'm going to share something in closing. That scripture is this, Proverbs 19 and 12, also in the Amplify. The Bible, the King James says, many are the devices in a man's mind. But in the Amplified, it says this, many plans are in a man's mind. But it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand or be carried out. Amen. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things in our mind that we plan to do. But it's going to be the power and the working and the manifestation of God that's going to take place in this day and hour that's going to lead others to Christ. Amen. Praise God. That's what it's all about. It's all about fulfilling that great commission. It's about telling everyone what we already know, that Christ is our Savior. Amen that he forgave me of my sins, that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, that he rose three days later, that he sits at the right hand of God making intercession for you, for me, for each and every one of us, that we would have eternal life, amen? And we can trust in that. We can trust in that. We can trust in the things of this kingdom, the kingdom of God, amen? God's going to do the work. Allow him to do the work. Let's respond. When the Spirit of God is drawing you and speaking to you, let's do what God is asking us to do. Let's do what God has asked us to do. I want to tell you real quick a situation that happened to me, and then we're going to close. But it was about, it was about eight or ten months ago. No, not even that. It was probably like six months ago. I needed a new phone, so I went to the mall the Montclair Plaza over there in, in Montclair. And I dropped my phone off, and I went around, and of course I went and got a Cinnabon, because if you go to the mall, you have to get one, right? Like, if I'm going to the mall, I'm eating one, for sure. And so I, I went and did that. I got that out of the way. I went and did a couple other errands. And I was walking, and I was praying as I was walking through the mall. And that's what happens sometimes. If the Spirit of God says, hey, you need to start praying, you, you better start praying. You know, you better start praying. And I was praying, and I was walking, and it wasn't anything crazy, but I was walking through the food court. I was walking through the, through the food court, and there was hundreds, hundreds of people in there, hundreds of people everywhere. And you know when you go through the food court, there's all kinds of commotion. You got people laughing. You got people telling stories. You got all kinds of stuff going on, right? There's just a lot of commotion. And I was walking through that food court. And the Spirit of God came over me, amen. The Spirit of God literally grabbed my head and turned it to the side. And there was a gentleman sitting in and all these people right here. There was one man that stood out to me. And I looked, and I'm just staring at him, and he's staring right back at me. 
and he was, he was a scary-looking dude. He had some tattoos on his face. He had some other stuff going on. He looked like a psycho. And I'm, like, walking, and, and, and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm just staring at him like, I, I don't know what's going on. And I keep walking, and the Spirit of God says, go ask him if he's hungry. And I said, whoa. whoa. I said, this guy doesn't even really look homeless. How insulting is that? You walk up to a guy, you know, and you just basically say, hey, can I get you something to eat or can I buy you some dinner? You know, not, not only that, but it's 2023. We live in California. I don't want this guy to think something and throw me off the balcony at the, uh, the mall, right? Amen. But the Spirit of God, he said, ask him if he's hungry. And I just kept walking. I said, no, no, not this guy. Find somebody else. You know, not, not, not me, but not, not that gentleman. I said, no, this is crazy. Like I said, I don't, I don't know what he's going to say if I ask him that. And so I kept walking, and I, I'm not kidding. I turned the corner out of the food court, and the Lord said, don't you get on that escalator. Turn around. And I just turned right around. I already knew it wasn't going to go away. I already knew that I had to listen to the Spirit of God deep down within me and do what he said. And so I turned around, and I started back walking. Here I am walking through the food court again, walking past all these people, and I'm staring at him, and he's staring at me again. He's probably thinking, oh, man, this guy's got a problem or whatever. And I'm walking, and I said, and, and, and I literally am side to side with him like this, and I'm still going, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to walk back by him again. I'm just going to be an idiot here. I'm going to walk by him again. And I just stopped. I said, no more. And I turned, and I walked up to him, and I said, hey, man, can I, get, can I buy you something to eat? Are you hungry? And he shook his head and he said, yeah. No, he didn't say, yeah. He just shook his head. He nodded. And I said, okay, praise God. And we got up and we, I said, what do you want to eat? He, didn't, he just shrugged his shoulders. He didn't know. Something was wrong with him where he couldn't speak. Amen. He couldn't speak. I don't know what it was, but, you know, I asked him, you know, I kept, I kept, it took me a while. I'm not the smartest guy, but it took me a while to figure out he couldn't talk. I just kept asking questions. He kept giving head gestures and shrugs and, you know, yeses or noes. And, and, and so, we, you know, we find out, we end up at this place to, to order Chinese food. And I'm over here, and if anyone knows me, I love to eat. And so I just start, I said, what do you like? He didn't know what he liked. And I said, well, I'll get you what I like. And I just started ordering all kinds of stuff. You know, he probably thought I was ordering for myself, too, but I really wanted him to have enough that if he needed it, that he could take something with him. Because when he stood up, it was clear to me then, not when he was sitting, but when he stood up, it was clear to me that he was, that he was homeless. It wasn't that his hair was combed, but his hair was soaking wet because it was raining out. And it was slicked back. And, 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 and I began to understand what he was doing. He was trying to stay dry. He was trying to stay warm, so here he is in the food court. He's sitting there pretending like he's waiting for someone else to bring a tray of food or whatever it might be. He's just trying to stay dry. Like I said, the Spirit of God is not going to miss it. The Spirit of God never misses it, never misses it. And we have those times where we question within ourselves, oh, is it me? Is it God? I don't know. Should I do it? Well, let me tell you who it's not. It's not the devil. The devil will never tell you to go buy a hungry man something to eat. The devil wants him dead. The devil wants you dead. He wants you broke and dead. The devil wants everything bad to come upon you. But we sit there in the spirit of God that lives within us, and we argue with ourselves sometimes. Is it me or is it you, Lord? Let me tell you something. If the spirit of God lives in me, 
The Spirit of God works through me. So if it's me, it's okay because I'm filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? And the Spirit of God wants to perform His Word. He wants to perform His Word. The devil wants to make you sit there and go back and forth and back and forth. Is it me? Should I do it? Should I do it? And, and that's what the devil wants. He wants confusion. But Christ will bring clarity in your life. But we need to answer that call. But I was there, and I was ordering his food. And I'm ordering this guy a bunch of food. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this is a, one of the craziest things that ever happened to me. I just couldn't believe it. I was sitting there ordering his food. And I've done this quite a few times where I'm ordering food for homeless people. And they don't want them anywhere in the restaurant area. They don't even want them in the building. Because that's where even, and I say, hey, don't worry about that. I got money, I'm buying. He's eating, right? But anyways, that didn't take place this time. But as I'm ordering his food, a woman walked up to me. She was dressed kind of fancy. And she said, excuse me, sir. I said, yes. And she said, do you know this man? And I said, oh, great. What's this lady going to say? She's mad because I'm buying this guy something to eat, right? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, can I ask you something? And will you be honest with me? I said, absolutely. She said, did God tell you to buy this man this meal? That's what she told me. I never, ever in a million years would ever think those were going to be the words that came out of her mouth. But she said, did God tell you to buy this man that meal? And I said, yes, he did. And she just had this look on her face, and she just broke. She said, God told me. God told me before you came through here, go buy him something to eat. And I didn't do it. I was scared. And I looked over at this gentleman. She said, sir, nothing against you. Not that I was scared of you. But I was scared that it wasn't God that really told me to buy you that meal. And I looked over at this gentleman. I said, man, God really wants to make sure that you get something to eat tonight. And he had a big old smile on his face. Big old smile on his face. Amen. But I was able to minister to this woman. I said, hey, today I listened. I, I, I did what God asked me to do. But there's been many a times, and that goes for all of us, where we were in your shoes. There's many a times where I missed it. There was many a times when the Spirit of God says to do something, and I didn't respond, and I didn't do it, and I was able to encourage her, and encourage her in the things of God, and tell her the next time, make sure you don't miss it. Make sure when the Spirit of God moves and draws and tells you to do something, that we respond to that. And I begin to think about that lady. I just think about it, and, and, and I think about how we're both Christians. Well, how do you know she's a Christian? Because someone of the world doesn't care. They don't care if God told you if you should buy this man something to eat. Only a born-again believer would be so consumed with the thought that they let down their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and didn't respond to the Spirit of God to ask a question like that. And I will give her a lot of props for having the bravery to come up and ask that question. But sometimes we just got to know. Sometimes we just want to know. But we don't always have that luxury of knowing. Sometimes we just miss it. But I begin to think that night, two Christians went home. One was obedient, and the other, was, the other one was not. And I'm not saying there's anything about me, because there was plenty of times that I went home as the disobedient Christian. Amen? There was plenty of times where I missed it. But on that night, the Spirit of God, He spoke, and I responded. And that's what we need to do. <clears throat> we need to respond when the Spirit of God begins to move and draw and stir us to do the things. Because that's when God will manifest his work and his power in this world. Amen. And in this life. And I just wanted to share that. To tell you that God is faithful. God is faithful. And his spirit lives in each and every one of us. It dwells within us. And let's be sensitive. Let's be sensitive to his spirit when he draws and moves and tells us and pushes us in different directions. Let's do everything we can to be found faithful in the eyes of God. Amen.
Sister Lupe, would you come? I just want to give everyone an opportunity. I want to give everyone an opportunity. If you want to come to this altar, if you need this altar for one reason or another, maybe you've been disobedient, maybe something I said or something in the word has convicted you, but I want to give you the opportunity to come up and pray. I want to give you the opportunity, if, if there's been times where you know you missed it, if you know that you missed it, you know, just ask God to forgive you, and the next time, don't miss it. The next time, respond to the call of God. Amen? Because none of us are perfect. The Bible says that we all fall short. We all fall short each and every day. But let this be a message of encouragement. We went through 15 verses of the Word of God. 15 verses I sat and studied all week long. And a lot of it, a lot of it changed my, my heart in so many different ways. And that was in 15 verses. There's a whole nother, there's, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of scriptures in God's word. And that's for us. That's for us. This is for us, church. He didn't leave us empty-handed. He gave us everything we needed. He gave you everything you needed. Let's be, be, let's be found faithful tonight. Pray and ask God. Open blinded eyes tonight, Lord Father God. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for your mighty, mighty word, Lord. For in your word, Lord Father God, hearts and lives are transformed and changed. Father God, in your word, Lord Father God, is all the instruction that we need, Lord. I pray, Lord Father God, that we would be found faithful, Lord. I pray, Lord, Father God, that you would continue to use us, Lord. And then when you speak, Lord, that we would listen. That when you speak, Lord, that we would respond. That we'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. Even if I don't want to. Even if it's not comfortable. Even if it's something hard or something I'm scared of. Even if it's something I'm not used to doing. Even if it takes me out of my comfort zone, Lord. I want to say yes to your will, Lord, Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for you being that humble example of what we're to live like upon this earth, Lord. Tonight, Lord, Father God, continue to move in our lives, Lord. Continue to cleanse and purge us, Lord, Father God. Prepare us, Lord, Father God. Let us be vessels of honor, Lord, used for your glory. Father God, I glorify your holy name tonight, Lord, Father God, for the work that only you can do. I thank God that you could use any of us, Lord. I thank God that you would take us, Lord. That you'd pick us up. That you'd turn our lives around, Lord Father God. I thank you for the cross, Lord Jesus. Oh, I thank you for the cross. I thank you, Lord. That for whatever reason, you loved me enough. Though I didn't deserve it, you died for me, Lord. Let me to live for you. Let me to never forget that I was bought with a price on Calvary that day. My sins were forgiven. I don't have to live in sin and death any longer. I thank you, Lord, for giving me freedom today in Christ Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Lord, Father God, that we no longer have to stay down in that miry pit, Lord. I thank you, Lord, Father God, for the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses each and every one of us, Lord Father God. 
and sets us free, Lord. We love you tonight, Lord Father God. Let us be your servant, Lord Father God. Let us follow in your footsteps, Lord Father God. Let us put others' needs over our own, Lord Father God. Help us, Lord Father God, to put others before ourselves, Lord Father God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be more like you. To be more like you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you tonight, Lord Father God. Minister to us, Lord Father God. In Jesus' name, amen.